0: For the Irish at the timeout. Williams right to the right side. Powers to the end zone. Well, low snap. Picked it up. Takes an end zone shot. Hand fighting. But Kimberly goes up and gets it. And it is a touchdown. Welcome back to another episode of the Golden Homers Podcast with your hosts, Mason Plummer and Nathan Urbach.
1: Welcome into to another edition of the Golden Homers podcast brought to you by the Fanboys and Winning Edge Sports Network, uh, great collab that me and Mason are on. I wouldn't even call it really a collab anymore, Mason, I guess. It's more of just, you know, that's where our podcast is represented these days. We're, um, we're really happy with, with what's going on there, and we think it's going to be a great thing for us moving forward and for you guys as well. And definitely check them out. There's a website. you guys get to thefanboys.com, uh, make sure you check that out because it's not only Notre Dame material. Uh, not only, not only Notre Dame content, but a lot of other sport, um, college athletics, um, podcasting, and articles out there for you guys in that regard. So if you're just a college sports nut um, in general, or just want to know about maybe future Notre Dame opponents and so on and so forth, um, definitely make sure that you're 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 on there. Follow those accounts and stuff like that. But um, moving forward, bare minimum, our, our uh, all of our content is essentially going to be with the fanboys and you ed sports network so we're excited about that but, but Mason a lot of really really uh, exciting news for for Notre Dame I, mean, I think this would be a good episode obviously uh Sam Hartman is sixth year senior now um for next season transferred from Lake Forest we all kind of knew it was coming um but now he is I would I would say I don't think it's weird to say QB1 for next year I mean if Tyler Buckner ends up beating them out then great but uh Notre Dame has a uh, a new QB1 for the 2023 season. Also landed a nickel safety in Thomas Harper, who is a graduate transfer from Oklahoma State. Been a solid player for them. It looks like he's going to play mostly nickel um, versus safety. Um, but I think just for a bare minimum, a really good depth add for Notre Dame. Um, we know some of the other stuff that's come out. I think today, um, Alex, I don't even know how to pronounce it at this point. I,
0: forgot I believe it's I forgot. Each.
1: Yeah, I think, Yeah, say it again. I apologize.
0: I believe it's Alex Peach.
1: Perfect. Alex Peach, long snapper, who was on uh, scholarship at Notre Dame, with the, was uh, the number one rated long snapper in 2020. Um, he an, announced his intentions to end the of Florida, which I think makes a lot of sense. It's just hard to carry two two long snappers. But uh, long ramble there. But uh, this is kind of the, some of the news and notes. We'll get into some more stuff. But Mason, how you doing today?
0: Yeah, doing well. I'm really excited to be with the Winning Edge Sports Network. Um, you said it's, it's a partnership and you know we're really excited about it but i really want to say thank you to all the listeners it wouldn't be possible without you guys nobody's going to pick up a podcast with zero listeners so uh, you guys made this possible we're continuing to grow uh, continuing to see the success of this show uh, would be possible without you guys listening so uh, you're going to hear more sponsorships on here soon which means the podcast can continue to grow so uh, we're obviously in a blessed position uh, to be able to make a little bit of cash on the side talking about our, our favorite school, our favorite team. So you guys make all this possible and we really do appreciate that.
1: Yeah. 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 Absolutely, man. Like I, I I can't emphasize enough how at least excited I am based on some of the conversations we've had um with them and different things like that. So it should be really fun moving forward and it's gonna be uh uh it's gonna be a fun time so I think moving forward. So but yeah, man. Let's get into Sam Hartman. I think more first and foremost. I know you're very excited about him. You tweeted out something the other day about how you're the original fan club member for Notre Dame people when it comes to Sam Hartman, which makes a lot of sense. You have been a fan for a long time. But I think in general, most people in the college football world love Sam Hartman. Obviously, he wasn't on the best teams when it when he, at Wake Forest, I mean, Wake Forest is a solid ACC team. But essentially, partly because of him, he's made them a solid program over the last couple seasons. You know, three or four seasons in general. So. Uh, just I mean what would you say maybe the best quarterback at least from a statistical perspective and kind of hype perspective sense at least Jimmy Clausen, correct
0: yeah I think so and yeah to back up my claims of uh, the Sam Hartman fan club um, you know, I watched a lot of weight games just uh, they happened to be on TV when I didn't want to watch game day anymore it seems like they had a lot of 12 <laughs> o'clock games um, so that would just come on afterwards and he was just super entertaining to watch and then that whole story came out about his health condition and I liked him beforehand and then you know it's like Ken's kind of miracle thing where he's able to to come back and play nobody seems to be talking about that so much anymore about how he was able to come back and play you know fully full strength fully healthy and had a great season for Wake so I never did I imagine when I was tweeting about him you know just saying how much I like this guy and that you know, wherever he gets drafted, wouldn't that be in my second NFL team behind the Steelers that I didn't think he would uh, finish his career <laughs> in a golden helmet at Notre Dame. So um, super cool. Uh, been a fan of this guy for the last couple of years and uh, it's gonna be really cool to see him playing at Notre Dame. But yeah, as far as the talent and hype goes um, Notre Dame has had question marks at quarterback since book really. And even then a lot of people were calling for him to not start uh, for right or wrong uh, friend of the show Ian book, but um <laughs> I think, yeah, I think this is the most talent Notre Dame has had at the quarterback position in a long time, over that's over 10 years, 15 years, if you look back to Clawson. So um, super excited about the future. And now we just got to figure out what Notre Dame can do in the portal to make this, can you make this uh, the type of year where you can make the playoff and really make some noise now that you have, you don't have a liability at quarterback anymore. You have somebody that can lead you to victories.
1: Yeah, and like you mentioned, I mean you I like the way you phrase it. You said the most talent that Notre Dame's had at quarterback. And I know you were probably specifically mentioned in Hartman in general, but it's hard to sit there and remember a more talented room overall. It was hopefully Tyler Buckner coming back. I mean, right now I don't see if I don't really see him leaving. It seems to be that he wants to come back and compete and then, you know, for sure be the guy after after Sam Hartman leaves in the next couple seasons. You have CJ Carr coming in the class of 2024 but then you also have four-star Steve Angelli and a top 150 guy in Kenny that committed to Notre Dame you know sort of late in the process this year flipped from Pitt you know that's a lot of talent in the room and you lose a guy like Drew Pine who you know maybe wasn't the most talented player but had some success in Notre Dame you lose him and you know things were sort of like oh man what, what the heck's going to go on in 2023 so it's great to see you know them land a guy like Hartman and then pair that with you know, the young and unproven talent that they have. And so it looks like they're going to have some, you know, some really, really talented QB rooms moving forward, even when Sam Hartman is gone.
0: Yeah. And I think, um, you know, people have been kind of speculating what Buckner is going to do. And I do anticipate him coming and fighting for the job. And people think it's a foregone conclusion that Hartman is the starter, whether it is or isn't. If Buckner comes in and wins the job, that is a great sign for not only Notre Dame, but Tyler Buckner as well. That would mean he's made massive strides in the offseason. Ultimately, that'd be a great thing. So, I mean, is it very likely that Sam Hartman will be the starter against Navy week zero? Yes. However, if Buckner just just shows out and makes this like a legitimate competition and wins the job outright, that's that's a tremendous thing. I mean, that's so good for Notre Dame's future that potentially have the quarterback position solved for the next three years, and he beat out a guy who's breaking ACC records. So, do I think that's likely? No, but I mean, anything could happen. And Notre Dame, from what we've been told and what we've read, um, Notre Dame made it clear to Hartman that he's not coming in with this job guaranteed. Now, whether that's just coach speak or hearsay, whatever it is, um there's going to be some sort of competition. And it seems like Hartman didn't want the job to be guaranteed to him immediately. So, I really like where this is heading for Notre Dame. I like how it's shaping up and uh should be an exciting offseason.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And then you add a guy like Thomas Harper and we beat as well. So for those who are kind of living under a rock and somehow are listening to this podcast in general, um, you know, no, essentially everybody has the opportunity to host a bunch of kids over this past week. I think it was like from January 4th, we can have a virtual business for, children, for um I mean, now guys that want to visit, they have to kind of visit on their own dime, on their own coin, you know, to a guy like that, you know, they're on, you know. Um, but Notre Dame, no one really has really. No one's really known who Notre Dame's been hosting until they get the campus or they leave campus, and it just so happens that Thomas Parker kind of. What did what did you tweet out like the, the, essentially like his location when he got to South Bend. and, you know, yeah. two 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 days later he was committed to Notre Dame and um, like I mentioned earlier in our in our intro he, he's an Oklahoma State uh, four year guy who now gets to play at Notre Dame for a fifth season due to COVID. And, you know, the entered, entered the portal, committed to Notre Dame pretty quickly after that, once he went to campus, Kansas. And like I said, we didn't really know he was there until he we was there, but it wasn't really mentioned. And, you know, I got to kind of dive into his film a little bit. And, you know, I don't think he's like a new player by any means. Um, He's a little on the smaller side, but he looks rocked up, if that makes any sense. Like he definitely doesn't look small, like in pictures, I guess. Um, you know, and he's been a productive player. He gets his nose in there, make, makes tackles can um, cover the slot, and I think if you know, you lose a guy like Tariq Bracey with the NFL, um, you know, he's out of eligibility regardless, but you, you lose a guy like that, and I think people were sort of overlooking the, the slot position because of the needs of safety and different things like that, and while he can play a little bit of safety, you know, you get a guy like DJ Brown back for a six-season, you have Xavier Watts, who is emerging, Ramon Henderson was a solid player, you bring in guys that are in the 2023 class, and you know, Maybe you go out and get another safety you he knows it's the right guy, the portal, but it looks like they're kind of set now and Harper can specifically play the nickel position for the most part. Um, and I think he's going to be a really solid player. Yeah,
0: I think I, I was able to watch a little bit of his film actually yesterday and the first thing that pops out is the dude hits hard and that's what you love to see in a, a corner or a safety that doesn't have the greatest coverage skills, which he's lacking a little bit. Um, that's why he's not an NFL guy yet, but um I mean besides being undersized the dude hits hard and um whether that'll impact how long he's like if he's able to play the full season for Notre Dame I don't know but um I mean I like I like a guy that can hit at corner safety especially at nickel with his size so uh, count me in for that
1: yeah and with like I guess and I mentioned Bracey Bracey I think he's been one of the more underrated players on Notre Dame's football roster over the last you know two seasons and so being able to replace him with a guy that has you know, a lot of snaps under his belt. So it's not gonna just be, you know, for for as great as I think maybe Jaden Mickey can do down the road, maybe Micah Bell as well, who comes in with succession. It's nice to have a fifth-year guy there that and it kind of goes back to your point with if Buckner beats out, you know, Hartman at quarterback, great. If Mickey or Micah Bell or Ben Minnick or whoever comes in and can like compete for playing time and battle those guys and you know, or, a, you know, a Don Shuler. If a Don Shuler comes in and takes the job over from D.J. Brown and, and takes away and that guy, that's only only good thing because, you know, as much as Notre Dame fans like to harp on guys like Brown to miss his tackles and, you know, maybe a guy like Harper, like you mentioned, you know, the fact that he's not going to the NFL, a staying for a fifth year because he doesn't necessarily have to. And that kind of shows maybe a lack of talent to a certain extent. It's great that, first and foremost and if these young guys or or even like second year or third year players can can beat these guys out then it's only going to be a good thing because it it strengthens the talent level and then it also strengthens the depth of the roster
0: yeah and I think people that don't really understand what the portal is or is going to be quite yet don't maybe understand the additions like what they're taking away snaps from young guys no we're about to see potentially about a dozen guys leave Notre Dame so you have to be prepared for these kind of things and take talent that is, is experienced and is okay with coming in, taking a step up to a place like Notre Dame and not, or not knowing exactly what their role is going to be, but the opportunity to play at a super high level, a guy like Thomas Harper. So um, Nathan, I, I believe, I was just thinking about if I had ever watched him play before, I don't watch a ton of Oklahoma state, but I believe he wasn't, didn't play against Notre Dame in the, in the bowl game. Uh, I, think, I believe he was injured for that. Is that correct?
1: I don't know if he was injured, but when I looked up his stats a few days ago, it didn't show stats available for him for that time. So I, I would assume there might have been an injury or something going on there. Yeah, yeah, he missed five games or whatever this year as well. Um, Going behind the state, I think that a lot of that has to do with the way he, the way he hits, the way he, you know, he wants to make you hurt. (laughs) I guess yeah, better learn, you know, count me in. Right, what he lacks in size, he. He makes up for and his kind of tenacity and his his willingness to, to get in there and make the tough plays and stuff like that so i think it's going to be like i know people hate the word you know depth and different things like that but i mean i, I think in this case it could be even a little bit more than that and when you have a guy like you said not signing up for him. When you when you have a guy like that who, He's just going to battle his ass off, essentially. So, the players, I mean, that only makes your roster better regardless if he's the most talented player ever or not. Um,
0: yeah, no, I'm with that. And you, when you can bring in talent, like big time, I don't know if big time is the word, but if, if you can bring in solid talent, you think that's going to, to use Marcus Freeman's favorite word, enhance your team, you do that 10 times out of 10. So I'm all for it.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And you brought up the transfer portal kind of, are not um, for guys that are not are not not just coming to Notre Dame but also leaving Notre Dame. And so far, maybe outside of a guy like Jacob Lacy, the other two players before the he even ended, Notre Dame has sort of lost guys that are more, I guess, uh, addition by subtraction or a positive equation, I guess is a a lot. like he was a phrase a lot of people like to use. Um, and, and I don't mean that to say that they haven't lost some pound players. I, I I think you and know, me were both very high on, on the Long. we just had some injuries yesterday and. But and then sort of got lost in the shuffle at Tai Anthony had very talented um, in just a lot of guys in that room. You know, then he loses a guy like OC Rackwanny who got his to game degrees, was never been able to see the field. Um, Jaden Bellamy that transferred from the other game to Syracuse after the one season at Undergame. And he just saw that impact was sort of, I think, one of the one of the bottom players in that twenty twenty two class. And who knows, maybe he ends up being a really solid player, but you know, from from just a depth perspective, he was towards the bottom of the list. Three pine you sort of know the deal there. Obviously, were All at Notre Dame, but that's not going to be the guy this coming season. a you know, guy like Joe Wilkins coming middle of Ohio. Um, he just hasn't really, you know, he's been like a decent player at wide receiver, but never like a truly impactful guy. Um, and now they lose Alex Beach, who's you know like I said, was rated the number one long snapper in the twenty twenty class or whatever, whatever class it was. I think that it's going be But Mike, Michael Benson, who is still on Notre Dame, is earned a scholarship. He's one of the best long snappers, if not the best long snapper in all of college football. And it's just hard to pick two guys. So, like I said, we mentioned the Florida. More guys are going to enter from Notre Dame. they have to. Um, just simply from a, a rules perspective, considering he's going to only have 85 scholarship athletes. I think they're going to land more transfers as well and but so far it's been you know like i said with positive assertion guys guys that is sort of on the bottom third and bottom fourth of your roster and i think that that's a sign of a good program
0: yeah to steal from tim priest or Myers illustrated i mean do the math yourself and if you're in your second or third year in the program and you get to make an impact yet i mean the writing is kind of on the wall their knows that the guys know that so um, it's not necessarily anybody's fault either. You might be better suited at a different level. Like I'm fully expecting Joe Wilkins, who had a solid Notre Dame career, to tear up my alma mater, Ball State, for Miami. Um, I'll be watching a lot of Joe Wilkins, well, at least twice this year. He'll uh, tear up Ball State in both. So, um, you know, it's it makes it fun to watch for uh, other programs too. You don't have anything to watch. You pop on a Wednesday night match and get to watch Joe Wilkins tear it up. So former Notre Dame guys having success. It's all good.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And again, another, another name in the portal, and I'm okay saying this, especially it's on Twitter and stuff like that now. But you know, former Notre Dame commit C.J. Williams, who flipped to uh, USC late in the process last year, ma- made a lot of sense. He got a lot of good things. He did with obviously Notre Dame was going through a coaching transition. Brian Kelly, the double his wide receiver coach, Alexander the bar. I'm Not sure if those were necessarily the you know, the main reasons he left. Um, you know, but got to essentially commit to a place and play for a place for a university that was closer to home for one season. Um, probably didn't see the field as much as he wanted to. And I was in the portal. Had um, a couple of the reasons why he said he left Notre Dame, and I think the reasons why he should be very happy to possibly come back to Notre Dame, is the idea that or the, the two big reasons were Notre Dame's passing offense wasn't where it needs to be insert a guy like Sam Hartman who talked about in his podcast already and then the other thing was and this might be sort of the Brian Kelly issue to him he mentioned the fact that he didn't really feel like a priority after the committee he didn't really hear from the staff very often you know and the two guys he he should hear the most from are arguably the head coach and his position coach and if not the OCNC and so you can go on comedy as well but you bring in Marcus Freeman, who wants to be the lead guy on everybody, and you bring in a new wide receiver that's crazy challenging stuff. Can, from all accounts, he's been great. They're never done. I think he moved to the wide receiver much better this year. He brought in the really class. And you know, so those questions should be for him. So as long as he go through leaving the West Coast and playing for another school, if he ends up on campus at Notre Dame this weekend, I can even expect, it should be... I mean, I'm not going to say it's a shoe-in, but it should be a damn good situation for him. To walk So it's a completely different situation when he brought it.
0: Yeah, and I think the, the loss of C.J. Williams initially really stung because we thought in that class he'd be the most ready to play in a position where Notre Dame really needed somebody to come in ready to play, and they weren't anticipating losing Morion Walker either on signing day, but um, losing both of them definitely hurt. Don't want anything to do with Walker, but um, – Having Williams back, I'd welcome back with open arms. I think the guy – you know, you can't fault a kid for making the decision that he thinks is right for him. It sounds like he was open and honest with the staff, which is all I can ask for. I'm never going to shame somebody for, you know, decommitting if that's what they think is best for them, as long as they go about it the right way, Peyton Bowen. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'd welcome back CJ for sure. And who wouldn't want to play with uh, with Sam Hartman and at a position where – he can walk in and be a starter, really, if he's if he's as good as he thinks he is, if he's as good as national scouts think he is. I mean, uh, Notre Dame has a lot of talent at wide receiver now, but a lot of unproven talent at that. So, um, yeah, am certainly excited for C.J. Williams. And if he does make it to Notre Dame this weekend, each sign's point towards that could be his destination. But it would also be kind of cool to see him play against USC the next three or four years. Yeah, That part, I think, would be the
1: best part. You know, this is a really reliable school, a uh, school that you obviously play every single season. Um, a lot of kids seem to be down in season, middle of the season, you know, it, comes to it. So, um, I was trying to do something fun here, but with some of the class, if class if down. I was trying to see what better than class would have ended up with. I ended up that last uh, year for a landed season. And uh, it, it looks like they're going to have to do some real unfortunately. Uh, maybe as a transfer, I see a lot of people do it. but I was essentially I took out good melons and I'm going to see the ruins and thought that would be fun, but uh, it's not one of the good. But I think it would have made the class significantly harder. I think they finished at like 276 or something like that, which means that uh, they're going to have to make Last year they finished with the number seven recruiting class in the country. That is about two seventy five four four. So Looks like you a, got a guy like CJ Williams, your bare minimum your your bare minimum passing Penn State, it's three like a three point difference. You might not pass Texas to the spy route like um, but you finish with a top six class in a much better player. Overall, um, well, you know, It would have been interesting for sure. And, and that's essentially what happened. you played one year at, uh, you know, at USC and you're essentially a big guy that was in the office. So it's, if they end up, I'm if he ends up on campus this weekend, that's can be better than so Um, I think you know, most, most Notre Dame fans should be really happy with this
0: yeah, and, I, you know, you see the handful. There's always people that have ass-backwards opinions, and some people think that he's spurned Notre Dame so they don't want him back, whatever. He's a really talented receiver, and Notre Dame could definitely use him, and he won't be complaining when he's catching touchdowns, so let it go.
1: Yep, yep, absolutely. Um, anything else on the portal for any other guys? I mean, I know Byron Barnes. you know, I, I don't know if he's ever been confirmed on campus with that guy. he to be on campus this weekend in the past season uh they're seen be another guy that really needs to talk about every really uh, so I think Notre Dame's probably gonna get some news from a defensive line perspective at some point. Maybe that I should sure get into the, the spring period as well. Maybe some of these that's going out and they can get a battle the spring. I do you think if they if in a perfect world they love to the two guys there. Um but they also have some young guys that really need to get some fine out. I mean at Viper, I'm just not really that concerned I think Jordans into paddle line to stay on the field. And you know, we have guys up here in Govira and Joshua Barnum, and Junior, Turell, Amaka, all talented guy. I think that that position is pretty solidified and um, and has some young talent there. But if they can land a guy that, you know, is plus 300 pounds, that's always good. They don't have a lot of depth. up front. So um, a guy like Gabriel, Gabriel Rubio is pushing 300 pounds. He had on a first snap basis this year. He was one of their better defensive linemen. So, would love to see him get some more time. Um, you know, Howard Cross, obviously, was, was, was good this year from other band he lacks a little bit of size, but, you know, I think his pure strength is great. And Riley Mills kind of being able to transition maybe back to three-pack, kind of cross-tran to the three-pack then strong side defense and i on time with that. Maybe he can have another guy that can do a similar thing. Um, I think in Byron Bond's bench of running team, he'd be known as like a strong side end slash Viper, which obviously, you know, and helps out of those spots because I nice, still have not of like a Justin and of my all And uh, but yeah, I mean, some of these young guys, and Tyson Cole, if you can get on the field, Is Jason Arnold, if you can he get on the field, um, maybe maybe a freshman, I know you're very much high on um, Brennan and if you can get on the field as a freshman, but I think he needs to probably get some good, uh, not his weight up, but some of his strength numbers up in the basement. But you know, Matt Barris isn't going to have too much of that for a guy that's um, just, we kind of building the body, and I don't think that's exactly the type of guy we're bringing in. It's unfortunate that it doesn't come in as a you know as an early enrollee, but I think he's going to work with Bass off in the summer, and you know, you know, in the fall to you know, a valuable player um, for Notre Dame down the road. So, I mean, if they can land a few guys just for depth purposes, um, that would be I think ideal for, for next season. But I do think that's one guys that might be sort of getting a shaft a little bit by even analysts and um, those guys can step up or some of those guys going transfer out or whatever it may be. Um, they might have a more talented defensive body.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And I think, you know, this is the type of year where you look at the roster and maybe panic a little bit at certain positions, but you have to account for guys, you know, maybe even freshmen coming in and being more talented than you think. A guy like Ben Morrison, not to say that there's going to be a guy that comes in and starts like Morrison, but it's certainly possible. I mean, who would have really thought that Morrison would come in and do what he did immediately at a position of me. That will, not me. I had him outside my top 10 in the 2022 class. So um, certainly excited to start hearing offseason reports, how guys are doing, uh, for better or for worse, because we're going to know a lot more about the upcoming Notre Dame team here very soon. So um, certainly an exciting time, even though there isn't football on Saturdays or college football on Saturdays. Anymore, it's exciting to keep up with how guys are doing in the off season, the moves Notre Dame's going to make, and uh, there's always there's always news in the Notre Dame world. So, plenty for us to keep up on, and uh, make sure you're following us to keep up on it. Yeah,
1: I think the biggest thing there is it's people like to forget about players who didn't necessarily have an you know, impact in a specific season. So, Joshua Burnham and Riviera and you know Tyson Ford, who were honestly three of the best players that came in Notre Dame's class last year, who they just didn't see the field. Um, And sometimes those are positions where it's hard to get off the field early on in the career. So maybe they're not due the next year, but uh, there's no reason to write some of these guys out. But I I do think the beat in general, um, up front, I should say, (laughs) that sounded kind of odd when I said it, Um, but just like the the size that, you know, maybe they lack up front, that's definitely If they can bring in a guy, even the depth guy, like a Chris Smith type, to sort of fill and lead there. Um, from a just from a, a big body perspective, that would be awesome. And, you know, it never hurts to have depth. It Goes back to the same thing with the battle time Smoker. You know, you can bring in guys to, to add not only talent but also depth. So, the number ten defense line, where we can use a little bit. looking and some and some depth that has actually been out there and, and experienced a lot of smokes. I um, have to call. at just to put a lot of um I, I think that's the most
0: important yeah no doubt can't argue with you there um there'll be some quality additions made here soon i'm sure and um nerding's making some moves for the uh, i was going to say that a lot of the moves will be fueled by nil one way or another whether a guy's looking for that or not it seems to be uh whether nerding weeds them out or not but notre Dame made its own addition to the uh the nil space and hiring somebody that that's their whole job is that uh handling the nil stuff at the university of notre dame so um, I have to look. at, Do you have her name off the top of your head?
1: Yeah, K- Kayla Miller.
0: Yeah. So it looks like she's been in the South Bend area working with Notre Dame here for a little bit, but she's got her own title now, which is huge, and I really like that. I mean, I don't. I like the hire. I don't know a ton about her, but I like the I like the position being filled and the fact that Notre Dame is putting resources towards it. Yeah, the
1: biggest thing there, I think, is just the fact that they're advertising it now. They've sort of been sort of. It's been so hush hush on the, whole, on the even though they're in it, like kids like to know that you're in it. Outside of just hearing it, and then have to talk to you on the phone, like it's nice to have a little bit of like, "Hey, Notre Dame's for sure." And the fact that you know it's been advertised in all social media, I'm sure she's going to be in two years. Um, It looks like she's been around the block a lot in, in terms of um, you know just the college sports industry. I think she played basketball, if I'm not mistaken, at Delaware. I'm um, according to her Twitter profile, at least. Um, if I'm not, I'm, I'm not looking at her profile. now, But I think that's what it said. Um, so, she, so she knows what she's doing. Um, it's always also nice to have another woman in sports that's doing that. I think too. You know, that's never been play, But continuing to do that, I think they do a really good job in sending their support to hiring the women um, and women and that they are they are really damn good at their job. Um, that too. So. Yeah, really excited to see what this sort of general – general manifest division kind of opened up for him.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to see in guys' interviews too. Like, who, what guys, like, talk to her. Like, is that somebody they can reach out to as, like, a resource, like, handle their NIL stuff? I'm curious to see where this position goes, if it grows, if it turns into, like, a department. is all just brand new.
1: Moving on a little bit here, Mason. Wanted to get into some just Irish in the NFL, MVPs, good storylines for guys. Um, I had a tweet earlier, if you guys want to check it out, of just guys that are playing in the NFL playoffs. Um, a lot of guys, Notre Dame's highly represented there. Um, and I think there's a really good chance that, you know, someone from the University of Notre Dame wins a Super Bowl this year. Um, unfortunately, they don't have any guys on the Bills or the Chiefs. So that might be a, <laughs> that might be the only issue that I kind of keep simply doing it. Um, but just a lot of guys in general and a lot of success this year. A couple guys I really wanted to highlight. Uh, I think Julian Love had a great season. Drew Tranquil had a great season. Both those guys are still in the playoffs. Harrison Smith as well. He might be the best safety um, over the last you know, decade or so in the NFL. He's also in the playoffs. Uh, great for him. Uh, those are probably the three MVP's. There's been some other guys. I you mean, know, Jeremiah Lucy Cornola had a good season, but he was all hurt off and on. Um, we know how talented he is. Obviously, the guys that are, um, you know, offensive line, um, oriented like you know most of the offensive line that play in the NFL for Notre Dame, <laughs> from Notre Dame from Notre Dame are really solid players and had a really solid seasons. A lot of those guys who are playing in the playoffs as well. Um, Jalen Smith, bounce back here for him, um, got it got a chance to really represent for the, the, the Giants. He's also going to be playing in the in the playoffs. So so awesome to see there. And um and then I think tight end U was in full effect. I and mean, we talked about it before we hit record here, but yeah, Cole Komet had a really good season for the Bears. Rock Wright took over for the Lions after uh, they traded TJ Hawkinson. Um, and he had a really, really good, strong uh, end of the season. Durham Smythe is in the playoffs and a really good blocking tight end for the Dolphins. Um, Kyle Rudolph, um, he didn't he wasn't like evening special this year per se, but still sticking around in the NFL at age 3, got a sticky touchdown this week um, from Tom Brady in the Bucs. So he's playing in the playoffs. So just a lot of a lot Tommy Trumbull had a really good season good I, season. I keep wanting to finish and then I keep thinking of other guys. I'm sure, that there's more that I'm not even mentioning. Um and, you know, and Michael Mayer is gonna be, you know, included in that here soon as our first round pick, most likely in the NFL draft coming up here in a couple months. Um so tight end you seem to be picking around real strong. And uh, but yeah, I wanna really want to dive into some of these guys who just have really good seasons, sure unless you have anything to add up with before that.
0: Yeah, not a whole lot, really, but uh, a good year all around for Notre Dame guys. Um, Some low-key that have been playing due to injury, like guys like Alohi Gilman making plays. Uh, I think it was a Sunday night or a Monday night game. He had a big fumble recovery and a forced fumble. So um, there's guys there's guys at all sorts of positions that you kind of forget about for Notre Dame that bounce around the league. Um, Jerry Tiller had a little bit of an impact with the Raiders. Guys like that where you kind of forget they're around, but they end up making some impact plays, and they're important pieces to a lot of uh, playoff rosters. Yeah, no, yeah,
1: absolutely. And yeah, it's funny, man. I'm diving into some of these stats right now, some of the guys we're going to talk about. And, dude, you know, I didn't realize, I we're, we're going to start with Drew Tranquil first. Off the top of your head, do you know how many tackles Drew Tranquil had this year?
0: It's so many.
1: 146.
0: That's absurd. That's damn near 10 a game.
1: He had 95 solo, 51 assists, 10 tackles for loss, easy hits, five sacks four passes defended, a fumble, forced, um one interception. I mean, the, the guy started 16 to 17 games, and I'm pretty sure the one game he didn't start was either the very beginning of the year um, before he took over or it might have been a game where he was – you know, got banged up or something like that and wasn't able to play um, for for a good fortune. But I I forget exactly. Well, actually, you know, I'm looking at it right here. It looks like it was game three. For whatever reason, game three, he had 12 tackles. So so he still had had a high impact. Um, But, man, the guy was just, I mean, for a fourth-round pick, you know, I think we knew as Notre Dame fans and just people who follow Notre Dame football that, you know, if we gave him a chance in the NFL, he was – Kind of like to compare him a little bit to Pat you know, He sort of gets like the white man syndrome a little bit there, where people don't think he's as as athletic and talented as he is, simply because of of the sport he's playing and and all the guys that are around him that are just ultra talented um, players overall. But the Tranquil was a terrific, terrific athlete at Notre Dame. Had some injury history, and a guy that honestly, if he didn't have the injury history, could have been a first or second round pick, and he's showing that now. He's, Whatever it is, third year in the league, I think uh, maybe his second. Um, no, sorry, his fourth year. I apologize, his fourth year. Um, you know, now with it now with it being twenty seven and when the NFL for a while, he finally got a chance to be a full time starter, and you know, he took it and ran for it.
0: Yeah, really glad to see him uh, have some success. He had a really bad injury luck at Notre Dame, and you you always knew the talent was there, but you were you're starting to wonder. Injury-wise, is it going to happen for him if he gets the NFL? Is he going to not be able to stick around because of the injuries? And he's answered all those questions. He's become a true leader uh, for the Chargers, uh, a really solid team that is going to be successful for years to come. And he's a a core of that in the middle of their defense, always flying around, making plays. Seems like he's always – I mean, the Chargers tend to be on – because they're on the West Coast, they seem to be on a lot of the big-time broadcasts, the Sunday nights, the Monday nights, Thursday nights. And uh, he's always being featured. He's talked about a ton. It's hard not to when he's always making big plays, whether it's interceptions, forcing fumbles, fumble recoveries, sacks. I mean, big third down tackles. It seems like he's just flying all over the field. And that's what he did in Notre Dame. That's what he's continuing to do in the league. you love to see it.
1: Yeah, you know, and I didn't even realize he had some bad injury luck in the NFL, too. I totally forgot about it. But his second season, I think he either tore an Achilles or tore an ACL again and only played in one game. Um, But, man, the three years where he's been completely healthy and pretty much played the entire year, he had 75 tackles his rookie season, four tackles for loss. He had 76 tackles um, last year and had five tackles for loss and a a sack and a half. And then, obviously, this year I already mentioned his numbers, but 146 tackles, nine, five sacks, ten tackles for loss, an interception, all like pretty much name a name a stat, and he was able to contribute in some capacity there. So just a really solid season all around. Um, he's turning into probably one of the better linebackers in the league that honestly no one ever talked about.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Um, trying to think of who else we should mention. Julian Love had a great season. Potentially, was did he end up being named a Pro Bowler?
1: That I'm not. Dude, you know, I'm not. I, I should have been more prepared for this, but yeah, no. I mean, should,
0: should be if he's not. He
1: should have been. if <laughs> He wasn't. I know we mentioned it a couple times good he's been but just looking at his stats on weird we had 124 tackles um i know for safety that's you know this attack I mean, tackles are tackles i'm I, i'm not a big fan on tackle stats in general and obviously if you're a safety uh that means that you know someone's catching the football most likely or or, or you have really bad linebacker play or something and they're you know they're 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 making tackles in secondary so but but again like I said tackle their tackles you had 124 of them you had a sack you had five passes defended. You had two interceptions, six tackles for loss. Um, you know, they're a really solid season all around. And obviously, the Giants are in the playoffs. A lot of that has to do with their defensive play this year. Um, and you know, I think he's uh, he's turning into a pretty damn good player in the NFL.
0: Yeah, and for a team that I didn't expect to be any good, and they're they've been very good this season. Um, Always been a fan of Brian Dable's work, but um, for him to be able to turn around what was kind of a rough franchise for a while, it had a lot of question marks. But uh, I think Julian Love has a lot to do with that on the defensive side.
1: Yeah, and you know, and I didn't even throw this out there. I didn't realize this, but he only played in 16 games. He missed week nine or, or um, some other. He missed, he, I think it's week nine based on what I'm looking at here, um, whether it be the injury or something. But um, so we did all of that, and you know, one thing can had. One less game played than all other guys that put up those numbers. So he goes to him. Another really talented player, honestly, that is making plays out there from Notre Dame, He doesn't maybe get talked about as much as he should. Um, I think he ended up with a third round pick or fourth round pick, same, same thing as Reed Sainswell. I'm um, looking backwards. He was, a... yeah, fourth round pick. So another fourth round pick that's, that's doing great things in the NFL. And, um, you know, looking back at it, he probably should have been much closer to a full in 2nd round think as well.
0: Yeah, no doubt. proven to be a huge value for uh, for the Giants, a leader in their secondary, a captain for them. And um, I don't know if Pro Bowl rosters have been announced yet, but he should definitely be on it.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, another guy I want to bring up, you know, got, I mentioned Kyle Rudolph earlier. who you know, is 33 and still keeping around in the NFL. But you have a guy like Harrison Smith, who has been one of the top, if not the best, uh safety in the NFL for what a decade now? Um Pro Bowler almost every season, um, it seems like. Um, you know, all pro, all pro galore in this year. I mean, only in 14 games. He's a playoff guy as well, but he had 85 tackles, um, five interceptions. I mean, the guy, the guy just knows how to play football. Uh, 10 passes defended. Another, you know, add a tackle for loss in there, but I think most of his, mostly the stuff he does, is done in the, you know, in the defensive backfield versus, you know, closer to the quarterback. Um, he's not sitting there blitzing all the time and getting a bunch of tackles for loss. And even throughout his career, um, Yeah, but, I mean, he has a decent amount, and he has a decent amount of sacks just because he's such a good player. Um, but I wouldn't say that that's his calling card because they want him roaming around in the back, you know, in the defensive backfield making plays, and that's exactly what he does.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's exactly what you look for in an NFL safety, a Pro Bowl caliber safety year in and year out, and it's crazy the amount of production you've been able to get, or the, the Vikings, I should say, have been able to get out of a guy like Harrison Smith, who just, you know what you're going to get out of him every single year, just top-notch safety play, and um, if he's not a 99 on Madden, he should be.
1: <laughs> yeah, and like I said, he's 33, so he might not be around too much longer, but definitely a Hall of Famer in my book, and a guy that just seems to, like I said, just continue to, to be a really solid player, as he even as he is. So, um, one other guy I really wanted to mention, I wouldn't know if I would classify him as an MVP, but it's more of just a kind of a fun story, it's a cool story for a guy that, you know, obviously had the horrific injury in, uh, what was it, the 2016 or 20, I think it might have been technically in 2017, but it was the uh, 2016 season at Notre Dame, this is last year there. Um or no, I might be wrong. Here. Is, didn't he, did he miss a season in the NFL because of the injury? I
0: right. believe so.
1: He, he did. Okay. So it would have been like the 2015, 2016 season, because he was working year, technically speaking, I guess, was um, in 2017 with Dallas. But he's now on the Giants, kind of has been moving around from team to team, and he, he was released by Dallas, I think, at the beginning or at the end of 2021 or whatever it was. And You know, played for Green Bay for a little bit, played for the Giants for a little bit last year, but um, came back to the Giants this year, I think after the season started, he picked up 88 tackles, um, a sack, three tackles for loss, started 11 to 13 games once he came on, Um, and just a really cool storyline for a guy that probably should be more of a Hall of Famer, um, if not for the horrific injury, but a guy that, you know, has made some good money in the NFL, deservingly so, and a guy that... I think is still a really good player, even with, even with the injury stuff and you you feel bad for him to a certain extent, but he he doesn't seem to make excuses. He kind of keeps, you know, churning along um, and, you know, and I think he's probably going to find himself in the NFL for a while.
0: Yeah. And a guy we've been seeing at Notre Dame more recently, and I think that's become a Marcus Freeman thing. Guys feel more welcomed back at Notre Dame and, Uh, Jalen Smith made his appearance. We saw him at uh, Notre Dame Clemson uh, wearing the tiger skin jacket. Um, Fans around in South Bend and around the country, Notre Dame fans still love him so much. Uh, He kind of has that almost that Manti Teo effect where people remember just how good he was at Notre Dame. A surefire first round pick before his injury. And we're talking about like what could have been an all timer at linebacker. And uh, I know people hate to blame an injury for a guy's career not panning out exactly as it should have, but that's what happened. I mean, you talk about a freak knee injury where he wasn't supposed to play football again, really, or nearly at the level he has been for quite a while now. So um, Jalen Smith, definitely one of the best ever Notre Dame linebackers, one of the best Notre Dame players, period. Um, He he really marked a a really good era of Notre Dame football and kind of brought linebacker U, um, as some people are calling it now, with uh, the Buckus winners starting to rack up now. um, He really kind of brought that to prominence.
1: Yeah, and I think in his case, uh, it's defendable. But yeah, for the injury stuff, it's the advantage but, but yeah, man, like I mean, like I said, there's just been a lot of success at the NFL level this year for Notre Dame. A lot of other guys we didn't really mention, but just wanted to highlight a few of us the best players that they had. Um, like I mentioned, tight end, tight ends and offensive linemen are always going to be successful. So um, nothing shocking there. Michael Mayer and um, will add to the tight ends next year, but. Real quick, before we wrap up, just I'm not going to name any names here because I don't think it's actually official out there, but Notre Dame is going to be hosting the junior day this weekend. A lot of talented underclassmen are expected there. So probably some guys that will end up at Notre Dame in the long run. I know a lot of commits are going to be there as well, so do the math. If we haven't, you know, if you follow those guys around, um, you'll see some familiar faces. But amazing good episode, man. Like I think we're going to probably get some more good news for Notre Dame here in the coming days. But definitely follow us at Golden Homers. Follow myself at Nathan underscore Obach. Follow Mason at Mason Palmer underscore. Follow Winning Edge Sports Network. Follow the fan boys. You're going to see some articles written by myself and Mason on there. You're going to see our podcast posted on there. You can definitely get the different fan perspective from other teams as well. So um, but until probably next week, maybe we'll throw spaces on there. Uh, go Irish and have a great week.